Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Rana's grandmother practiced anger. During the last 30 years of her life, she carried on a non-speaking feud with Rana's mother. The feud continued even as her memory dimmed. One day, very near death, the old woman asked Rana, do you recall why I'm angry with your mother? Well, Rana did recall, but she decided it wouldn't be helpful to bring it up again. No, she said, I, I don't remember. Neither do I, said her grandmother, but I remember that I'm angry. Marcus Aurelius, the second century Roman Empire emperor and philosopher, instructed generously, if hilariously, begin each day by telling yourself, today I will be reading with interference, ingratitude, insolence, disloyalty, ill will, and selfishness, all due to the offender's ignorance of what is good and evil. Grudges happen. And Rana's grandmother, notwithstanding, in the interests of not bearing the lead, I'll say there is such a thing as a good grudge. A good grudge can serve as the foundation of an appropriate boundary, and it can make us more empathetic towards others and ourselves. When asked for a definition of a grudge, a woman identified only as Hillary responds, oh, a grudge is when something from ages ago is still a thing, with capital letters. It might have happened years ago, but you know it will never not be a thing. Sophie Hanna, a self-proclaimed champion grudge holder and author of How to Hold a Grudge, writes, when we speak of grudges, we use words like hold, harbor, bear. Hold suggests tenacity or clinging. Harbor implies something hunted and vulnerable to which we have offered refuge. Bear has the connotations of pregnancy and motherhood. Is a grudge an unfortunate affliction or a prized possession? Some of you will remember the Tamagotchi craze, that craze about those little handheld egg-shaped digital pets that originated in Japan and were one of the biggest toy fads in the early 1900s and 1990s and 2000s. They do feel like they've been around forever. Um, yeah. Someone tweeted from the New York Times account that grudges are petty Tamagotchis in our emotional pocket. Possibly a nod to Reese Witherspoon's character in the HBO show Big Little Lies who says, I love my grudges, I tend to them like little pets. And actress Anna Kendrick tweeting as herself asks, can I petition to make 
holding grudges an Olympic event because I've been training my whole life. Journalist uh, Tim Herrera writes, one of my favorite party games is to ask a group of people this simple question, what is your oldest or most cherished grudge? Without fail, he continues, every person unloads with shockingly specific, intimate detail about their grudge. Career slights, intentional or not, offhand yet cutting remarks, bitter friendship dissolution, nothing is too small or petty when it comes to grudges. Here are a few called from many, many responses. Just to be clear, none of these is mine. I have a terrible grudge toward a girl from school. When I was in the bathroom, she tore up my beautifully colored in picture of Elmer the elephant and threw it in the trash. We were around six years old at the time, so this is currently a 20-year grudge. One morning, my dad was awakened too early for his liking by a Salvation Army brass band. He held a grudge against the Salvation Army for decades, possibly until he died. Someone described me as so sound of music. I've held that against them ever since. And then there are the famous grudges. Actress Debbie Reynolds' husband, Eddie Fisher, divorced her to marry Elizabeth Taylor. Debbie Reynolds ch ch claimed she bore no grudge. Indeed, she married uh, Harry Carl the next year. But at Elizabeth Taylor's funeral, she said, no one could equal Elizabeth's beauty and sexuality. Women liked her and men adored her, my husband included. Betty Davis and Joan Crawford did their best to work together harmoniously, but the attacks and counterattacks between these Hollywood giants were legendary. Betty Davis installed a Coke vending machine on the set of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, allegedly because Joan Crawford's late husband had been the CEO of Pepsi. And in that scene where uh, Betty Davis has to drag Joan Crawford across the floor, Joan Crawford had filled her pockets with rocks to make herself as heavy as possible. This apparently went on and on, and when news came of Joan Crawford's death, Betty Davis reacted, you should never say bad things about the dead. Joan Crawford is dead? Good. And this is my favorite. A 2014 poll by YouGov concluded that 13% of Americans still feel negatively toward Great Britain as a nation because it tried to prevent the United States from becoming independent. That was, of course, in 1776. We hold grudges when remembering a negative or hurtful incident feels important to us. Maybe we're going to learn a lesson from it, or maybe it changes us, or it made us feel such strong feelings when it happened that it would be personal history vandalism to allow ourselves to forget it. But Sophie Hanna writes, a grudge is and should be something lasting, but not necessarily obtrusive or constant, and definitely not something rage-inducing, debilitating, or harmful. Most of my grudges, he says, are things I think about very rarely. Some I enjoy and find quite hilarious. I wouldn't want to be without any of my grudges, she continues. Each one is an important lesson I've learned from my own life story. 
None of them involves a shred of anger or unhappiness, though I might have felt those feelings in the immediate aftermath of the sparking incident. And I've never wreaked terrible revenge. Any grudge that leads to revenge, or even revenge planning, is a dangerous grudge and should be deactivated immediately. Good grudges that harm neither the holder nor the grudgee, on the other hand, are part of a balanced and healthy psychological diet. So here's a story about Buddhist teacher Sylvia Borstein nipping a grudge in the bud. I was late getting my boarding pass and therefore obligated to choose a middle seat on my flight to San Diego, she writes. As I squeezed by the woman in the aisle seat, I saw that the man in the window seat looked like a former linebacker. He was holding his Kindle tidily in front of his chest, but even so, his arm lapped over into my space. My mind started grumbling to itself about every possible grumbleable aspect of my situation, my tardiness, my having forgotten that my earbuds were in the pocket of my jacket, now stowed in the overhead rack, the ridiculous size of economy seats. And then I remembered the title of the talk I was scheduled to give that evening. It was Befriending Our Lives, Healing the Divisiveness in Ourselves, Our Relationships, Our Community, and Our World. I almost laughed out loud, but instead, I turned to the man on my left and said the magic word. Hello. In less than a minute, the conversation we started caught the interest of the woman on my right who shut her laptop and joined in. We talked about families and politics and books we were reading, and I don't know how it was for them, but I was a little bit disappointed when we got to our gate and needed to go our separate ways because I was interested in all their ideas. Sylvia Borstein concludes, I think I'll use that title for everything I teach this year. A little humor might just help to turn it around. And maybe in this example, we can see that it's probably a lot easier to walk around in the world unburdened by grudges. When interrupting a grudge in the making isn't available to us, though, the next best opportunity, the Mesbex option, is not to be undone by our grudges, but to see them as valuable souvenirs from our past, important artifacts of our emotional and psychological history. Sophie Hanna writes, negative emotions are unavoidable especially in the immediate aftermath of someone having wronged us or wounded us. But we don't have to hard bake them into a grudge. We can allow ourselves to feel all the emotions that arise naturally within us and then let them pass. Very soon, the grudge we are left with has nothing to do with negative emotions. It's simply a story we want to remember about a lesson learned, a story that has some significance for us. Forgiving somebody, she continues, does not mean forcing your thoughts about them or be your behaviors around them to be exactly the same as they were before the grudge-sparking incident. A lot of people think forgiveness ought to mean turning back the clock, impossible, and pretending that things, the thing that never happened, that happened never happened. That's possible, but silly. We've all heard someone say, oh, I'm not angry anymore. In fact, looking back, I think it's hilarious, but I'll never trust so-and-so again. Or I'm totally over it, but I certainly wouldn't put them back on my Christmas card list. 
This is the best way to hold a grudge, as a reminder of good boundaries. On the other hand, we've all met people or are people whose elementary school music teacher told to mouth the words when singing, but to hold on to that and not sing. Sylvia Borstein overheard this lunch table conversation at a conference. The person passing up the vegetables said, when I was a child, my mother forced me to eat vegetables. And the person next to her said, that was a long time ago. bad grudge. In the end, journalist Tim Herrera wonders what holding onto grudges really gets us. He posed the question on Twitter asking if people had ever given up on a grudge and if so, how it had made them feel. And here's a selection of those responses. Yeah, pretty much most of them since entering my 30s. It feels cleansing to free up that brain space. Literally, not one. I feel neutral, like I just couldn't be bothered anymore. But I didn't feel relieved or anything, just indifferent. Great, really free. Only after getting my revenge. Liberated most of the time, if they've got my hatred, they kind of own me. English actress Anne Gray says, it matters when people harm us. Acting out of love, wisdom, and compassion for ourselves and others is the key to a better world. Beloved spiritual companions, grudges happen. A good grudge is an important lesson let it serve as the foundation of an appropriate boundary and make us more empathetic. But if we are holding, harboring, bearing a grudge, say from 1776, we might consider letting it go or just saying hello. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.